You're listening to another episode of a Mindful Moment podcast. I'm your host, Will Nichols, and I thank you for taking a moment to be mindful with me. I'm here with Haley Helveston. Welcome, Haley. Thank you. So excited to be here. Yeah, happy to have you on. And uh, Haley is a sex and relationship coach for women and men, or mostly women? Mostly women, but mostly I have women. a bunch of men too. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way, uh, but the opposite. So yeah, I'm super excited to talk to Haley um, because she's got a lot of amazing insights and make sure you go check her out on Instagram. Where else are you? Twitter? Instagram, uh, I have a podcast. Podcast, yeah. What's your podcast? Um, my podcast is your podcast? called Your Guide to Love on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Awesome, and I'll post all the links and everything below so you guys can go check that out. Um, but first and foremost, I just can you just give us a little background about how you got into it? I know the story, but you know these people don't. So can you just kind of share about how you became a sex and relationship coach and and doing what you're doing now? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So for me, you know, I love corporates, and I had these health problems. I was on antidepressants. I was on birth control, and I dove headfirst into studying holistic health. I became a health coach. And then that led me to spirituality, which, of course, the one that people don't talk about, spirituality led me to sexuality. Mm -hmm. And so then that got me reading books. I worked with a mentor for a year in 2018. He was a sex coach and a business coach. And it was really amazing learning about my sexuality and discussing it openly because people, you know, I forget because now I've been doing this for so long. People don't discuss sex, (laughs) you know. So it was very freeing. And then I ended up going on a sexual retreat in Costa Rica and decided that this is what I want to do. And it's so important because for me, you know, I couldn't have an orgasm. I thought my body was broken and I was going to be that 50 year old woman that was going to be faking orgasms. So yeah, this work is so important. So I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm excited to talk to you and dive a little bit deeper. Uh, We had a previous conversation, but it kind of didn't end up working out uh, on the recording side. So I'm happy to kind of reignite that. I think it's actually more important to just based off of everything that's going on right now uh, that we have this conversation. So I'm glad uh, Mm -hmm. we were able to reschedule it. So, okay. So we kind of have, you know, some problems nowadays uh, in the world uh, with sexuality and with masculine and feminine energy. And, uh, you know, it seems to me like the there's a lot of both suppression of sexuality as well as an over uh, kind of compensation of sexuality um, where people either feel like they're not worthy of expressing their sexual desires or if people feel like they have to express them in these kind of lower vibrational ways um, in order to get attention and validation. And so I was wondering from a female perspective, like what's that? what's that sexual empowerment narrative look like to you in regards of like a healthy uh, perspective, as opposed to when we hear sexual empowerment nowadays, and I see a lot of people throwing that term around, it just seems to mean sexual promiscuity and specifically um, making it okay for women to be sexually promiscuous as if that's some sort of um, sexual empowerment versus, you know, actually feeling confident and comfortable in your body and expressing your your needs wants and desires and wanting to dive deeper into that intimacy so what is that can you kind of just like walk us through that process and what that means for you yeah i'm glad you're saying this because i agree with that you know i did a post about this a while ago the fact that we are society are very hypersexual but also sexually 
sexually oppressed, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like those swinging, like, you know, too yeah. far on either side. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like, no wonder why no one's happy sexually and we're all messed up. Yeah. But basically um, when I think of sexual empowerment, you know, my title used to be sexual empowerment coach. I, I viewed it as women being able to express their needs to their partner and being able to have open discussions around sexuality. Mm. You know, I'm not saying everybody have orgies and do all that. I mean, yeah. that's what you're into, whatever. That's fine. But what I'm saying is, is that let's just discuss sexuality in a healthy way so that we can have healthier relationships instead of what we have now. I like that. I like that a lot. And yeah, I think, uh, I think cause a lot of people hear that term and then they think empowerment and then the woman's empowerment and, and this, the, this whole, you know, feminist movement, um, has kind of created this hypersexualized uh, mindset towards sexuality as if it's something that you should just wield around freely and kind of, in a sense, not value it, which is, to be honest, like somewhat, like I would say it's pretty much on par with repressed sexuality, if not a little bit worse, because at least when you're, you know, when someone is repressed sexually, they're not they're not overdoing it. They're not overextending themselves. Like this is the most powerful energy that we can wield and we can hold. So, you know, it's better for us to not even activate that yet and come into that, even if it takes a little bit longer than to just like blow the doors open and, you know, just be trying everything with everybody and, you know, (laughs) experimenting around. And there's nothing wrong with, with experimentation and figuring out what you desire, what you like, but you know, doing so in an environment that allows you to open up to intimacy, as opposed to, you know, I just feel like we as a society have kind of disconnected sex from love. And that's mm-hmm. been a real big problem uh, for us. And I don't think we're, we have even realized the extent of that problem. And I think we'll realize it in the within the next generation of, of how how significant this this issue actually is with the kind of like, you know, OnlyFans movement and everyone can make porn and, you know, uh, dating apps and all that stuff. Like we're going to really see the, like, we don't even know the effects of that stuff yet. You know, Mm. it takes usually a few generations for us to really like understand what, what psychologically this does to us. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that all plays out. Mm. And you, let's just talk about, you bring up such a great point that you just said that though, because you're right about that. And that's what terrifies me is like one day, you know, when we have kids, it's like, oh my God, when I, you know, whenever that is a few years down the line, it's like, it's everywhere. So, you know, you have to start the conversation even earlier because of this. Yeah. And, and uh, like, I think this would be just a good thing to kind of touch on. Like, what do you, like, I know you work with a lot of women, so, um, like, how would you recommend uh, someone like start approaching that from a from a like a younger perspective? Like, if someone has kids or someone's thinking about having kids and kind of wondering how the hell am I going to start to talk to them about mm-hmm. that type of stuff? Like, because you know, I love Einstein has this quote. He's like, "If you can't explain it to a seven year old, you don't know it." So mm, I, I would like us to kind of break it down from like a to like a seven year old. Not that this is not that any seven year old is actually going to listen to this, but just that, you know, for parents out there who kind of want to understand how to introduce, uh, you know, sacred sexuality and and sexual empowerment to their kids, how how would they start to do that? You know, from my perspective, it would be obviously starting with yourself and making sure that you're sexually empowered and you know what you're talking about. Um, But what would you what would you have to say in regards to that? Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, it's like, I have a podcast coming out tomorrow with a previous client and we're actually discussing some of this, but 
I actually think it's like first, just first things first, what people need to be doing is having open discussions with their partner about it. Yeah. Cause that's what I run into is people can't even do that. Mm -hmm. Then once you get past that, it's like, okay, what do we want to tell our kids? Or if you don't have kids yet say, okay, well, when we do have kids, how do we want to approach that? But mm -hmm. if you currently have kids, how, how do you want to talk about it? You know, I think it's so important for people to call their body parts, the actual names. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up not knowing the name. Like I didn't even know what a clitoris was. I'm like, what yeah. is that? <laughs> yeah. Know? So I think that the, those are like the basic things that we need to be doing. I agree. I agree. And I think too, the more that we both kind of normalize it and, and remove the taboo from it because it is something normal. This is how children come into this world. This is how life is created. And that is something normal that happens in pretty much any, like every single living thing reproduces in some way. Mm -hmm. you know? So I think removing the taboo is a very, very important element of that. But then also, you know, maintaining the, the sacredness of that too, because a lot of us, I, I, that's what one thing that I've noticed, at least with modern sexual education is they've attempted to uh, remove the taboo from it, but they've also removed the divinity from it. They've removed the sacredness from it where it's like, okay, now all you got to do is know how to use a condom and take your birth control meds and you'll be okay. You know, <laughs> like that's pretty much it. You know, this is a penis, this is a vagina and uh, take your birth control, use protection or if you're in the Christian Catholic side of things, don't have sex, you know? <laughs> so yeah. like those are the kind of extremes of that. And, you know, we take away the divinity from that. And I think that that really, um, that really messes people up, you know, because then we're, we're taught that it's just a transaction as opposed to, no, no, no. Like this is, this is the biggest, deepest exchange you could possibly have with someone is to, to have sex with them, is to like fully, you know, give yourself, mind body and soul which is what you're doing when you're having sex whether you're aware of it or not yeah and i think that it's it's like i agree with you on that and i think that that's the problem now you know we are both similar we're both around the same age i think so it's like when you think about the fact of the hookup culture they've completely removed um what you're saying is like the divinity from it so then it's not a really it's like let me get mine let me get yours okay bye yeah yeah exactly we've created this like friends with benefits culture and yeah you there's a there's a key component there that's missing which is love and um i'm not saying that people that all people who have sex don't, don't love each other but you know there's there's a lot of that and that's that's a that's a growing issue and i think you know reconnecting with our with our own selves and that's the that to me at least seems to be the obvious issue is that it's it, there's a complete disconnect from from self-love, you know, because, you know, if you truly loved and respected yourself and your sexuality and you, you truly, you know, honored yourself, uh, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be engaging in as many of that, uh, that type of dynamic because, you know, you loved and respected yourself. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I find a lot of people tend to overcompensate too, for that lack of self-love by trying to fill that void with temporary orgasms or temporary kind of, uh, sexual, experiences because it's like you know instantly it feels good but then you know if it's not grounded in love then you kind of walk away you know feeling like well that felt good temporarily but you know i still feel shit <laughs> you know like i still feel shitty so how, how can people uh 
connect it more deeply to that love because I know that's that's kind of the work that that you and I both do. So I want to just hear like a, a a woman's perspective on that. Like, how can people learn to, I guess, honor and respect their sexuality on a deeper level than what we've been taught? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think first it's you know what I always talk to a lot of women about is it's first it's just developing a healthy relationship with your own sexuality. You know, mm-hmm. not obviously figuring out like what that means for you and then communicating that to the person you're with. And I also think it's like a lot of people that do friends and benefits think they can't have what they want. Yeah. And maybe they, you know, they think, Oh, their person isn't out there still settle for the Mr. Right now. Yeah. You know, or maybe he's maybe getting me the temporary satisfaction and maybe I am orgasming and that's great. So I'm having, you know, pleasurable sexual experiences, but, that's not what I'm truly craving. Because I truly don't believe that that we're just craving sexual experiences. We're craving the de- the depth of the connection that that sexual experience can bring us into. But most people aren't educated in a way that allows them to experience that depth. I agree with you. And I, and I think that's for men and women. Because I hate how society has made it seem like guys are like, oh, these players. And, yeah. you know, but I think most men are just disconnected from their hearts. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well, I love there's this kind of like cliche quote out there. It's like men men use love to get to sex and women use sex to get to love or something like that. And it and it and it kind of, you know, goes back to polarity and understanding, you know, masculine feminine values, but that that whole nature of like it's funny cuz at the end of the day, I I truly believe a lot more men than even men probably think want love more than they want sex and want connection and intimacy more than they want actual sex but they just you know we're programmed to think that the only way to get that without having a nagging partner or something is to just have you know those one night stands or hookup culture and i think women also they're chasing after that love too but you know they they realize that the only kind of most popular at least easy access medium is uh, is through sex as opposed to, you know, taking the time to get to know someone and go through that process. And I mean, online dating sped up that process quite a bit. Like you can, you can get a pretty good feel about who someone is just by their online uh, profile on social media. And then you couple that with, you know, a few messages, a few dates. And I mean, you're, you're usually months ahead of what people were, (laughs) you know, would take like maybe a year to do before. And I think that that kind of sped up process has also really affected uh, uh, how we how we connect to each other. I agree. And I go up and down with online dating because I do think you're right. I think there are a lot of perks because then you figure out right away, okay, this is a no or yes, this is yeah. a yes. But then also it's like you have to really, you know, is the person even even showing the real them online? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's where you kind of, you still, <laughs> like, even even if you're online dating, like, I, I don't vouch for people who just only online date or, or just have a bunch of, you know, e-girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever mm-hmm. and, are, you know, aren't aren't meeting in person. I think that's the kind of, you know, unfortunate circumstances of what's going on right now. But um, even before then, people were doing that. So, you know, to me, it's not a, it's not a circumstantial issue. It's more of a, a collective kind of, uh, issue of also like enjoying kind of the fantasy and the illusion and I've noticed that in myself in previous mm-hmm. years too of just like because you don't like when you're not with someone in person you don't have to open up you know you can be sitting there in your underwear and just chatting them up and you know doing whatever you want to be doing without having to you know fully invest in uh, 
in in being present with them and being engaged with them and i think that's also caused a lot of disconnect where you know it's easier to to message than it is to to communicate and connect yep you're right and i think that that's why we have the loneliness epidemic now is mm -hmm. because people are craving connection now more than ever yeah exactly especially physical connection and i mean you know there's i mean i actually i did hear about i don't know if you heard about this but they have like professional cuddlers yes i'm job. actually interviewing some of my podcasts this week. Isn't <laughs> crazy yeah yeah, yeah it's like it's like non-sexual it's just like they just literally cuddle like clothes on mm -hmm. clothes and i'm like that's that's kind of funny but like part of me it's like that's also kind of sad you know that our culture has has come to that you know that we need to hire cuddlers to to cuddle mm. but you know yeah so i i mean i'm i'm lucky because uh, you know all my friends are are very open i'm a hugger and i like to hug people mm -hmm. and you know like i just cuddle with all my friends but uh but yeah, it's just it's just kind of crazy, and I think we're gonna see more weird things like this kind of pop up through the future um, if we don't take care of this this issue, which is why the, you know the work that you and I do is so mm. so very important right now. Yeah, you're right about that though, because yeah, you're right. okay. You're right. It does sound kind of crazy. Like, oh my god, that's weird. They cut all people for a living, but you're right. Well, it the really intention's does... not crazy because we yeah. need we need physical touch and we need we need physical connection as humans. So the mm -hmm. intention makes sense. It's just the fact that I have to come to, you know, a transaction type of experience to to get that. It's basically like an emotional prostitute. You know? Basically, no, no. <laughs> so, but you're right though. It does point to a bigger issue, which is. People are lacking touch. I mean, I'm sure you have people DM you. I have people DM me all the time. They're in sexless relationships. They're not doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. There's people in relationships that aren't touching each other. So none the, like, of course, there's gonna be yeah. people that aren't in relationships that are craving that too. There's no doubt about that. And another thing that I, I wanted to talk to you about, and I don't know if you're, you're too aware of this or not, but th there's been like, a, specifically in the realm of sex work, there's been a growing, um, like kind of i guess trend called like the girlfriend experience which is basically you pay someone to be your girlfriend and that also means like you have sex with them and like they kind of you know it's like a full but like you also take them out on a date and you also like they stay the night and you cuddle and snuggle and all this stuff but you're you're paying so it's, it's prostitution but it's basically like uh like it's called the girlfriend experience and oh wow that's kind of like th these are some of the issues that I, I wanted to address with you too today because you know something like that just tells me like wow these people are lonely you know do you think that's for the guys that just can't get like laid and then they have to pay for it i mean i think definitely the majority of guys that is the case but i also feel like there's also a lot of guys who can get like it takes a different set of skills to get laid than it does to get a girlfriend you know, and sustain Very true, you're right. So you're so, saying the average guy now in our society can't get a girlfriend? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I think, I think it's easy, because it's easier to get laid than it is to get a girlfriend now. Before it was the other way around. You had to get a girlfriend before you get laid. So then you why know, don't they do about, the work like, to get a girlfriend? Grandparents' generation, because people don't want to do the work. Why would you want to do the work and you get the instant satisfaction of having sex with someone? You mm. know, at least from a, from a, like a, a guy perspective and from a, from a kind of like coming from, from a lower place um you're just wanting that 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 stimulus you know you're just wanting that physical stimulus of of be, both being with someone but also you know the sexual exchange of of that and i think uh i think yeah the majority of people that would i guess engage in that 
And I mean, I don't really know because I, 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 I'm trying to think if I do have any clients that, that I have had clients that, that have paid for sex, but I haven't had any clients that at least that I know of that have, have invested in something like that. But I think the majority of people that would do that would be guys who perhaps could get laid, but want kind of that girlfriend type of thing. Um, you can even, and there's even non-sexual kind of exchanges that people can do where you're like literally chatting with someone as though it is your girlfriend, kind of like you're literally paying someone to ask how your day is and all that type of stuff, which I think is just like another level of loneliness and sadness that is, that is really an epidemic. But coming back to the point, it takes a different set of skills to get laid than it does to, to have a girlfriend and, you know, why people wouldn't just want to have a girlfriend so that they could get laid often well i mean it, originally it, it kind of like it, it messed me up like I, I didn't really know but after you know talking to a lot of guys and working with a lot of guys you know it that instant validation when when we're brought up in this kind of porn culture where we have unlimited access to porn mm -hmm. pretty much from the time we're on the internet you know um so we're getting we're used to that stimulus we're used to that you know, psychological instant stimulus of I see something, it turns me on, I release, and then I go about my day. As opposed to before, like pretty much from like pre-1960s, you had to woo the person, you had to, you know, yeah. there was a lot of, you know, you had to build up that sexual tension. It wasn't just like, yeah, sure, you had like, you saw prostitution is one of the oldest you know, careers in history, <laughs> but you still had that stuff, but it wasn't like, uh, it's not like it is now where you're, the people weren't using that for connection. They were using that because their wife is for children. And then you have a concubine for your, you know, sexual pleasures, right? Because like, you don't marry your wife for love, you marry them for, for children. And that's very different nowadays. You know, now we marry for love and now we marry for intimacy. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, people are still kind of, going into that into that avenue and i think a lot of that has to do with the disconnect uh from from our hearts and from ourselves and also just you know if we look at the kind of collective uh programming that's going on in regards to masculine and feminine energy like you know that like i always talk about there's a there's a war on masculinity you know there's a war on on masculinity and and part of that like the, it was actually a very smart and calculated move where they turned this, you know, feminine liberation into a war on masculinity. You know, originally it was about women getting rights and all of that. And which is, which is sure, it's a great thing that, you know, women can do any job that they want to do. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. However, uh, are they, are they the best suited for every job? No way. You know, just like a man is not best suited for every job, you know, that's just mm -hmm. the way that it is. So I don't think that that's actually had a, had a long-term benefit on this culture. And in fact, it's created a culture where we're competing as opposed to uh, honoring our strengths and, and weaknesses, you know? And, and I think that that has created a lot of problems. And one of the main problems is that a lot of guys kind of uh, just shy away from their masculinity because they haven't been given a good masculine role model. And then girls are craving this strong masculine essence because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how sexually fem femininely liberated mm -hmm. you are, a feminine woman wants a masculine man. <laughs> yes. You know? Like, and, and a masculine man wants a feminine woman. And that's, so, so at the end of the day, like the, this whole, you know, like I'm just, when I look at the world today and I see the kind of 
gender neutral society that we're trying to that we're we're being programmed and pushed towards of men embracing their femininity and women embracing their masculinity and at the very core heart-centered level that's a great thing mm -hmm, but if yes. you look at it from the level of how can this be used to manipulate us well it's very very obvious that this is not a good thing because you know a, a feminine a feminized man a man who is weak a man who is not able to stand up for himself well you 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 ba you know we're basically castrated i mean literally from birth like men are circumcised and like part of them is castrated on top of the fact that they're taught you know to to kind of you know be in this this ideal role despite not having a, a strong father figure to show them what to actually do so and majority of teachers are women by the way too so mm -hmm. the people that are teaching men growing up are women right and then it's like well if, if you don't have any strong role models as a as a man like i was lucky i had two dads i had a, a biological dad and a stepdad to like right from birth so you know i was blessed to have two father figures that were able to you know show me different things and and experience different things most people don't even have one you know uh to be able to show them that and that's an epidemic you know that's a really that's a real big epidemic of this lack of father figure in this broken family uh culture because we're we're how, how are we going to be taught to be a strong man if you don't have strong men to look up to mm. And you're so right about that, though, because listen, I mean, I even noticed it in my guy friends. I have great guy friends. I love all of them, but I would never date them. Yeah, but I, I want them to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, well, one of them I had dinner with recently, and I was, you know what hit me is he's gotten way too in the feminine because he's dove head first into spirituality. Yeah. I think that's great. Like, I really want all men to be connected to spirituality, but I also think um, you're right about that. If the, in the essence of women, we want to be with a masculine man, and he's not masculine. Exactly. And so I think it's so important for guys to be doing the work on developing a healthy relationship with their masculine energy because women want that. We are literally dying for it. Yep. And there's and the thing is, it's it's a rarity nowadays, which is yes, like saying something. <laughs> because yeah, no, it, you know, and 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 to be honest, it's also shamed, you know, because we have these labels like toxic masculinity, and we have these labels like you know, like uh, what is that? I forget what it's called, mansplaining. And there's lots of different ways of, you know, basically defiling the the masculine energy and saying, and, and all it's actually doing is it's saying that the feminine is superior. And it's like, you know, if people think that like the whole, the future is female type of movement is completely in the wrong direction. You know, it's like the future is not female. The future is not male. It's the future is union and recognizing that uh, when we own our embodiments, we can actually complement each other. And hey, guess what? You have different strengths than I do. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. You don't need to supplement. You don't need to try and be more masculine to like compete with my strengths. And I don't need to try and become more feminine to compete with your strengths, you know? And I think, I think the more that we have conversations like this and acknowledge this and obviously us doing uh, the work ourselves, but also helping other people to do the work, the, the, the better off we'll all be because the more we realize this, the more we can, you know, be in our embodiments. And that's what it's all about. It's not about, you know, it, like for, for guys, it's not about being in touch with your feminine. Yes, it's about balancing the feminine. Yes, it's about honoring your inner feminine because that's a part of you. You can't deny that part of you. But it's also not about over 
putting too much emphasis on it. Because when you do that, you get too comfortable there. Then you start to deny yourself of your true nature, which is your masculine nature. And, um, and like, and vice versa for, for, for women, you know? And I think that this epidemic is, I mean, you know, we have to make some serious changes now because mm -hmm. if we don't, we're going to have, we're going to have continue to have more problems and we're already seeing more problems in this world as a result of this. Well, yeah. And I think that it's, um, it, it's like, then you have those sexless relationships where the yep. woman is so burned out from being in her corporate job. She can't even fathom having sex. Exactly. She's in, been in the masculine twenty four seven. Yep, and 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 she and, and when you get home and you're not in a in the presence of a strong man from a from a woman's perspective, well, how the hell are you going to relax into your feminine? You can't because you're you're if you play the role of the masculine all day at work and then you come home and you still have to play the role of the masculine, well, you're going to be exhausted because that's not natural. You know, that's not nature. Nature has designed us in a spe very specific way to complement each other. That's why, you know, animals, humans, we all pair bond, you know, there's, mm -hmm. a, there's a reason for that, right? Because we have different strengths than, than, you know, the other does. And that's a great thing. It's not a bad thing. And I think the more that we learn to embrace our differences, as opposed to trying to pretend that they don't exist, trying to pretend that like gender doesn't exist, trying to pretend that our bio biology is not real it's like this is delusion this is not a reality this is this is absolute delusion you know and the truth is we're it's beautiful you know the, our biology is beautiful who we are is beautiful and uh there's nothing wrong with that and and our our weaknesses like our weaknesses as a man the whole point of you know the attraction to the feminine energy and, and not like the same goes for same sex relationships, you know, it's just the attraction to the, the polarizing energy. So, you know, as if I'm a masculine embodiment and I'm attracted to a feminine embodiment, she's going to complement my weaknesses because my strengths are going to complement her weaknesses and vice versa. And that's the, that's the flow of polarity. And I think we like, we're in a so society where yes, we are leaning towards unity, which is a great thing. And, you know, this new age that we are you know, evolving and coming into is all about unity. But unity does not mean disowning polarity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people have been programmed to believe. Mm -hmm. You know, it just means completely eradicating all labels and masculine, feminine, and eradicating these roles. It's like, no, just because you're awake in the dream doesn't mean you stop dreaming, you know? You still have to play your role, right? And it's like, you can be conscious of, of the fact that we're all one and still play your role. <laughs> No, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, the whole sexual polarity thing is just, is really, really important. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And it's like, it's, I mean, it's under, it's underdeveloped and it's, I mean, it's on purpose. It's, it's, there's, there's, you know, there are negative agendas that are at play here that are trying to strip us from our power, which is, which is in our embodiments, which is in our polarity. Mm -hmm. Because, it, you know, if you think about the, the power of a magnet, it's when you have a positive pole and a negative pole. When those cancel out, there's no, there's no power there. There's no, there's no movement. There's no flow of energy. So you don't have that same magnetism. But when you have a positive pole come with a, with a negative pole, then you have that attraction or, you know, uh, repulsion. You don't get that when we have, when we have neutral, you know, 
when it's just completely neutral right mm -hmm. in the middle there's no yeah. there's no attraction there and that, i think that's that has a large part to do with why we're where we're so disconnected not only from ourselves but from other people too uh specifically when it comes to relationships and sex because you know like i said like you were saying with the, with the lady comes from home from a corporate job the last thing she wants to do is have sex because she's been you know basically being in this role that is against her her very nature all day so all she wants to do is relax and not have to not have to play that role but the problem is when you're in that role all the time and and i don't think men or women really realize this when you're in that role all the time well then you start to attract people that you know complement that role so if you have if you're a corporate woman you're going to probably attract a more feminine man and if you're you know a more feminine man you're probably going to attract a more masculine woman and that's just how it's going to go so it's like you have to choose what your embodiment is going to be and the problem is we're so conditioned to believe that this is just the way that i am i am just a feminine man i am just a masculine woman and it's like no you have that energy within you and you just have underdeveloped this other side of you and not on purpose this is all subconscious and these are all conditions and if you can learn it you can unlearn it you know yeah and i also think too it makes sense why so many women are so masculine now because it's not safe for them to be feminine exactly exactly and this is where, where it really comes down to to men to really stand up and this is you know what i'm passionate about um the work that i do because you know I truly believe that at the at the core root of it, yes, men and women need to wake up, and yes, men and women need to you know come into their power. But the entire role of the masculine is to create the container for the feminine to flow within. So if if we as men collectively want to see more feminine women, we need to be more masculine men. You know, we need to be more anchored in to our masculine. It's like you can't expect women, and I've gone through this myself, where you know I would get frustrated at at past partners for for not being as feminine when I wasn't being stepping up to be a man, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, and I, a lot of guys do this and a lot of women do this too. It's like, I want my man to be masculine. It's like, well, you have to let him take the masculine reins then. It's like, are you prepared to give that up? And, and vice versa, you know, it's like, yeah. are you going to trust her with the feminine more than you trust yourself with the feminine? Cause that's her role. And that's and your role. Safe too. You know, it all, it's all goes back to safety. Exactly. Yeah, but I, I don't think we can feel safe until we have that that space. And again, it's a, creating that masculine space within ourselves and a healthy relationship to the masculine, both in men and women. Because in women, you know, this epidemic of daddy problems is also a big thing. You know, this mm -hmm. epidemic of not like most people did not have a strong father as a role model. You know, very few. And if you did, you know, they, they were lucky. And you can tell you can tell them apart, by the way. You can tell who's you, you like energetically and pretty much, you know, almost right away, who's had a strong uh paternal role model versus who hasn't. And mm -hmm. there is a big difference. And you can see it, you can even see it in online presences. I mean, just look around. You can probably take a good estimated guess. And I would say with about a ninety to ninety-five percent accuracy, guess that right. And that's yeah, and I, yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. And I also think, okay, I want to bring this up too about your, what your thoughts on this is. This is something that I've noticed a lot of women struggle with. They get in these relationships with the guys where they want marriage and the guy like never asks. And so then mm -hmm. they're dating for years and years. Yeah. Well, this is also where, the, the, and this is the epidemic of the lack of masculine men because a man knows what he wants. So he's not, he's not going to play games about, getting what he wants he's not going to play games about trying to figure out 
oh, well, what do you want? Oh, well, what do you, you know, it's not, it's not going to be like that. It's like, this is what I want. And that's it. And then it's like, at the end of the day, if you're, if it's in, when it comes to relationship, if a guy wants marriage within five years or whatever of, of meeting someone, then he's going to be kind of straight up about that off the bat. And this is a lot of what I teach my clients too. It's mm-hmm. like, you have to be, and if that starts, it starts off by, by knowing yourself and knowing your own values and getting really clear on your own values and your own mission and what you're here to do. Because, you know, I always say to guys, you know, a woman will be your greatest asset or she'll be your greatest liability. And you have to decide, you know, and it's all based on you. It's not based on her because, you know, people are going to come and go. That's just how what it is. What do you mean by that? So, you know, uh, for example, if you're, if you're a man who knows exactly what you want, mm-hmm. you know exactly, hey, within five years, I want to get married. I want to start having kids. I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. Uh, this is exactly what I want. This is the type of household that I want to raise. This is where I want to be living. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the type of income that I'm going to be making. Like, you know, the whole story, you have the whole vision plotted out versus a man who doesn't versus a man who's just flowing, just figuring it all out. Okay. Well, the type of, the type of quality partner that a person who knows exactly what they're wanting is going to attract versus the type of quality partner that a person who's just flowing is mm. going to attract is going to be very, very different. So a guy who's just, oh, I'm not really sure about what I want, but I have these feelings for this person and we have this chemistry. It's like, well, guess what? Sexual polarity is something that you don't control. It just happens. If you're a masculine person and you see a very feminine person, you're going to be attracted to them. Maybe not fully sexually attracted to them, but there might be some some a little bit like, oh, this person is very beautiful. Or, oh my gosh, this person is very attractive. And that's uncontrollable. You're going to have that till the day you die because that's just energy. But when it comes to, you know, creating a, creating a, a partnership dynamic, a lot of guys confuse that sexuality. And a, I mean, a big reason for that is because a lot of guys don't have their sexuality reined in. They don't understand it and they haven't mastered it. So they're, they're, they're a slave to it essentially. And that's the problem. You know, it's like if your partner, if the only value that your partner is giving you is sex or, uh, you know, emotional validation, you know, that's not, that's not sustainable. That's not, a, that's not something that you desire. That's a liability. You know, because at the end of the day, all you're doing is wasting time. And so to kind of come back to answering that question that you had, like, I think when, when you have, you know, women who, who know what they want versus men who don't, that's an issue, you know, because the woman in that situation is more masculine than the man. And how are you going to expect a feminine man to kind of take the reins? He can't. And this is where you literally have now, which we've never, like really never seen in history before. We have reverse proposals. Mm. which is a thing you know it's a big thing it's those a, guys are that pathetic that the woman has to propose <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god when we get well, on one knee, like you know so yeah i think i think a lot of that has to do with men not knowing what they want so it's like you know then then they start playing games and guess what that manipulation that's all feminine energy you know it's like if you need to try if you don't know what you want and you're just playing around and you're just having fun or whatever well, you can be honest about that. You can say that from the get-go. Mm-hmm. But if, you're, if, you're, if your partner wants something more and they know they want something different than what you believe that you want in this moment, you're wasting their time. I agree know? with that. Yeah, I think it's so important for guys to step up. It all goes back to what you're saying about men embracing their masculine energy. That is embarrassing that we have an epidemic now, people having to propose. I mean, yeah. the women having, that's... Yeah, I know. And, and I think too, like if you don't, like, 
a man who knows what he wants, he knows the type of woman that he wants. Versus a man who doesn't know what he wants, he doesn't know the type of woman that he wants. So any woman that gives him sex and validation, he's going to accept. That's attractive. Oh, well, these are perks. Even though she could have a shitstorm with her, you know, and, and, and vice versa, by the way. It's mm -hmm. the same goes with women for men. You know, if you, if, a, if you as a woman don't really know what you want, well... You're just gonna okay. This guy's oh well, he fucks me good, and uh, you know he gives me the emotional validation, or maybe he's paying my bills or whatever. Okay, well that's good enough, right? It's like no. Well, what what are the values? So uh, to me, it always comes back to your vision and values. It's like, well, what do you want for yourself? What do you want for your family? And is this person in alignment with your values? Like there are some values that are no brainers. Like if you want kids and your partner doesn't, that's a no brainer, right? This is this is just not going to work. Like there are some differences that are irreconcilable, irreconcilable. Uh, and one of those is, is, is for example, children, or what if one person wants to live in fucking Alaska and the other person wants to live in the tropics, that's not going to work, you know? Right. And so, or one person's very, very family oriented and wants to have a big family, you know, five kids and the other person doesn't want to have a family. I want to have a dog family or something like that. So I think the more that we get clear and I, you know, this is the work that I do with men, but I think it's important for women to get clear on this too, so that they know exactly what they're looking for and they don't confuse it for the emotions. Cause you know, emotions are a big distortion on the truth. And for men, sex is a big distortion on the truth. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for women, I think you have to be, you have to go beyond how he just makes you feel because <laughs> how he makes you feel now versus how he's going to make you feel in a year is going to be very different because we, we're, we grow and we evolve and, the demons come out the closet, you know? So you have to, you have to, that's where you have to really get, I think people are not vetting their, their partners as well as they should be. And I'm guilty of that. I think everyone's guilty of that because I think we have to go through those experiences of not getting what we want in order to get what we want, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I agree with you. I mean, listen, a lot of my twenties, I settled, but I think it was, you know, I look back and I learned so much about what I did and didn't want. So I think you have to go through that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, and I think the more that we get clearer on that and the more that we connect to people's values as opposed to just connecting to their bodies or just connecting to how they make us feel, I think that's where we start to actually develop more sustainable long-term connections because, you know, uh, the sex is going to change. You know, your bodies are going to change. How he makes you feel is going to change. You know, all of that's going to change. So, you have to, you have to, that, the things that really, I mean, values do evolve, but core values don't really change. You know, like when you have a, like, if I want kids, I want kids. I'm not going to just wake up one day after I've had kids and say, I don't want these kids anymore. You know, it doesn't quite work like that. And I mean, if, if that is the case, then there's some bigger issues at play, but that's not really how it works. Uh, so that's why it's important to, I think a lot of people are dating for fun and a lot of people are dating to explore and experiment and, not enough people are dating with purpose and with intention. And I think that has a lot to do with how, you know, the, the fast dating culture, the swipe right, swipe left culture, um, because it's just like fun. Oh, this, oh, I like the way this person looks. Oh, I like the mm -hmm. way this person makes me feel, you know, the way they talk to me. It's like they, they probably have the same messages that they use for every single person and it hits them right every time, you know? <laughs> so, like I was thinking about like Tinder and stuff like that. Like, you know, you have a few kind of main zingers and it works. Like there's a, there's a reason that it works, you know? Uh, and, and same thing with, th same thing with sex, you know, like there, there's a lot, 
there's a lot of things that you can do that feel really, really good, pretty much for everybody, you know, and, and, and that can be a big distraction away from, you know, really deeply connecting with someone and values. And it's, it's the hardest when you've been with someone for a long time and you realize that those values are so different. Right. And it's like, well, like if you realize two years, three years into dating, that this person, you know, doesn't want to get married or this person doesn't want to have kids and you do, well, you need to, you know, you got to wake up from that fantasy because mm. you're just, you know, and I hate to say this, but it's true. You know, you're, you are really dating to, you, unless you're both 100% okay with the fact that we're just dating for fun. We're just dating for company right now. Right. And, and we're still trying to figure out what we want. And some people do that. And I, I don't think that's a sustainable model in the long term, but I think it can be fine temporarily because you get the affection and you get what you need in the moment. But that's more of a transactional relationship as opposed to, you know, when you're dating in the, for a, with a long-term vision in mind, when you're dating to marry or you're dating to kind of have a, have a, have a lifelong partner, that's where values and vision really come in because it's like, that's the only thing that's going to stay. <laughs> and, and it's not going to end up this, the way that you think it is, by the way, like well, everyone thinks, oh, well, I want three kids and I want to live here and I want a dog and I want, it's like, yeah, good luck. It's not going to look like that. Maybe it'll look similar to that, hopefully, but, uh, but it's not going to look like that. And you have to be okay with that. But when you share the same vision and values with someone, then it doesn't really matter because you're on the same page and then communication is easier and then intimacy is easier. And then connections easier, you know, and I think and you do have to have both like you can't, you can't just have the same vision and values, but then not be attracted to them. You know, it's like, cause that, that can be a thing. Like I have the same vision and values as my friends and I'm not attracted to them, you know, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Right. Cause that's more of like a business acquaintance type of relationship. Yeah, I agree with you. And I also think it's so important too to, to really sit and think, okay, well, like owning your worth. And that's something I talk a lot mm -hmm. about and owning your, raising your standards, because it's like, okay, like I know someone right now that's going through this where she's like, hey, I want kids. Like, mm -hmm. do you want that? Do you not? Because if you don't, you yeah. know. And so it's, it's really having to have the balls and the guts to say, you know what? You don't want that? Okay, I need to peace out. Yeah, and I think. Especially for women, we got the time ticking. Y'all don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe we could be making babies till we're 90, but. But really. Uh, <laughs> But uh, most no, women I, don't I, want to be 48 giving birth. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think that's a that's a real thing, and that's also why it's important to kind of be having these these conversations and questions right off the get go too. And yes. the same thing goes with you know I think to sexuality. I think sexuality is a little bit less of an importance, but it still is a, an importance. You know, sexual compatibility is also a real thing. Like if you you're dating someone for a little while and then you find out all of a sudden you know they're really into pegging and you're like, I do not want to get yeah. pegged. You know, that's not going to work out. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and you obviously you want everybody to be happy. And I don't believe that every single sexual fantasy needs to be acted out. I believe that a lot of the excitement of fantasies actually are within the mind. And usually when people act out some of these fantasies, it's actually not as exciting as they thought it would be. Um, or it is. And then that's, that's kind of it. And then after that, they're like, they're like, okay, well that's kind of it. Um, but that's another thing too, why also not just the vision and values for life is important, but also for, you know, personal development, spirituality, sexuality, all these things, you know, they, you have to, you have to have all the ducks in a row, you know, before, before you, you pull the trigger. And I think a lot of people are too eager because we're in this lonely culture where we have this kind of inner longing for connection and compatibility and, and, and intimacy. 
that will just tolerate whatever comes our way. And that is such a lack mindset. That's such a, that's such a low mindset of, and it just goes to show what our kind of collective, what we believe our collective worth is, you know, if we're just tolerating, oh, well, this person, oh, you know, oh, well, she's beautiful and, uh, and she's great in bed, but she's definitely not mother of my kids type of thing. You know, it's like, well, mm -hmm. or we don't do connect spiritually, but yeah, or we, we have very different, she's an atheist and I'm a Catholic, you know, it's like, <laughs> good luck, but you know, so and yeah, I think uh, I think if more people had conversations, open conversations like that from the get go, and it wasn't as taboo to have conversations like it shouldn't be taboo to talk about your five, 10 year plan, 20 year plan. Like it shouldn't be taboo. It shouldn't be taboo to openly talk about, you know, what you prefer sexually. I don't think that should be taboo mm, yes. with someone that you're interested in, especially like I don't think you should go up to strangers on the street and tell them what you're into sexually. I think, you know, that's a there is a level of sacredness that needs to be you know taken with that. I don't think you need to tell your mom or your parents what you're into sexually either. But, you know, when you're with a partner or someone that you're dating, I think it's, it's good to have that open conversation so that, you know, because who knows, maybe you're. Maybe you are into the same things and, uh, and you're, but you're just both ashamed of that. And you would never have known that if you hadn't mm -hmm. opened up about that. Or maybe you're very, you're very different. You know, maybe, you know, your partner just likes missionary and you want to do some crazy, you know, latex suit, BDSM weird stuff, you know? Uh, so you have to, and it's not just one area, it's, it's in all areas. And I think when you learn how to properly vet a person and you learn how to properly value yourself, just like you were saying, uh, it all becomes a lot easier. And then you don't end up in a situation where you're dating for five years and then you find out this person doesn't want kids or this person <laughs> doesn't want to get married, you know? Yeah, I agree with you about that. And that's what causes so much resentment for women is then they're like, okay, damn it. You yeah, or I wasted, you so much I, want. Time. I wasted so much time on my yes. life, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, I was talking to my sister about this earlier today about the fact that we can't get our time back. Mm -hmm. exactly exactly so you better you know you better make it worth it and that's where as as and, and people hearing this might think oh well this is so much extra work you know i just want to connect with people i don't want to go through all this like this, it seems like such a like a linear like i got a list out and do you check mm -hmm. all the boxes on the list and it's not about it's not necessarily about that it's just about connecting with someone else's vision because at the end of the day when you're with a partner like your your shared vision is its own thing. It's not going to be just your vision. And it's not going to be just your partner's vision. It's going to be a little bit different from both of those visions. But do are our values in enough alignment that we can make both of our uh, visions come true? And I think that it's very possible for that to happen. Um, and in fact, there's there's endless examples of that happening. So the the proof is there. It's just about the willingness to do so. I agree. Do you do you value yourself enough to do that? Yeah, that's 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 really what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, how how much do you value yourself, and how much also do you love and respect your the partner? Because that's another thing too. And I was actually really reflecting on this literally last night, and I just had a, a real you know heavy moment of of detachment, thinking about you know if you if you really know that you're not a good fit for your partner and you truly love them like you really love them would you not want them to be with someone who is a good fit for them and would you not want yourself to be with someone who is a good fit for you you know and i just kind of had a moment and i you know i just feel i i was i just feel like i was feeling a lot of people's pain at the, at 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 one time it just kind of came to me and i was like 
you know, how many people don't feel that way? How many people are so attached to their partner or so attached to, you know, the way that things are that they're unable to see things from that perspective? And that's, to me, is what real love's all about. And when you can tap into that and you have so much love and respect for your partner and your friends and your family, like, like you should, even for your exes and stuff, you should feel so grateful that they, if they are with someone, even if you're not, that they found someone that, you know, they can be with. And then, you know, if you could see that, and even if maybe, maybe they were a crazy bitch, you know, you can look at that and say, well, if there's someone for them, there's someone for me, you know? But really, yeah, totally. Yes, yes. And I think the more that we have that kind of compassion, as well as a, I think we need a little bit more detachment too within our relationships because of this neediness and because of this longing and this loneliness that we have collectively going on. I think that the, when we have a little bit more detachment and when we're, not, when we're not so emotionally involved from a feminine perspective, when we're not so sexually involved from a masculine mm -hmm. perspective, mm -hmm. I think that uh, we'll, we'll see things a lot more clearly. And also it'll cause us a lot less suffering because you know, attachment creates so much unnecessary suffering. You know, when we can detach from that and we can just see the bigger picture and realize, you know, it's like, even if your partner, if you're like, if you're listening to this and maybe you're working with Haley or working with me and you're kind of in that situation where your partner is not, doesn't have the same values as you and you're kind of all stressed out and freaking out, like, you know, feel grateful for the fact that you're aware of this, you know, feel grateful for the fact that well, there is someone out there that shares those values and maybe they're not your partner. And yes, that's sad. You can mourn the loss. You can mourn, you know, you can grieve. That's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a great thing to let that go, but you have to realize the the bigger picture. And that's what detachment's all about. It's, it's removing yourself from the kind of in, intense emotional and or physical sexual investment that you have and being able to see things from a, from a deep level of clarity. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think that too, it all goes back to, I love what you're saying about the lack of uh, consciousness. Like I was dating someone a few months ago and I realized I was like, mm, this is a no. And it kind of made me sad because I did like him as a person, but I knew that we were not going to ever be together long-term. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you do have to mourn that, but then it's like, okay, there are like 8 billion people here. Yeah. If you can't find someone here, like, I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> no, well, I mean, the problem's you if you can't. <laughs> Basically. You know, <laughs> So yeah, like there's like, I think I, I remember reading the statistics something, I, and again, I'm just throwing out probably numbers here, but it was something like you have like about like 10 million people that are your ideal match out there yeah. you know, and, or more, you know, out of the 8 billion people that are on the planet. It's like, mm -hmm. I think you can find at least one of them <laughs> to, really. to start a life in a family with, if that's what you want, you know? And if that's not what you want, then you can find someone that, that has the same, the same mindset. Maybe you just want a life of adv adventure. You know, you don't want to start a family. You just want to, you know, travel the world with someone and you want to have that kind of long-term fun dynamic partnership that you're, you can be intimate with. And mm -hmm. again, yeah, what, what you want, there's nothing wrong with what you want, but uh -huh. it's just about realizing that you're worthy of receiving that. Mm -hmm. And that's the real work, right? Yeah, totally. And I also think too, like I totally have mad respect for the people that decide not to have kids because that's better than the people that have kids and don't want them. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. I agree. And I, I mean, I always, I always joke and I'm like, the only way to get rid of this degenerate culture is to outbreed them. But you know, if there's a, there's too many people that are, that are having kids that are, you know, should not probably be having kids, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and that creates a lot of suffering, not just for yourself, but for the kids, you know, the poor children as well. So, yeah. And I think also, also that's why you vet your partners too. You know, is this someone that you can, 
you can raise a family with if that's what you're both wanting. And do you have the same values? Like if you're trying to teach your kids about spirituality and your partner's trying to teach your kids about the science God, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be some, some differentials there and that's going to yeah. really screw them up. So that's also why vetting, uh, just from the get-go, I think that's, if that's one thing that I want people to take away from this, it's, it's one is to, to know your value and know your worth and realize that that's the core, most important thing that you could ever do before getting into any sort of relationship dynamic. But also part of that process is understanding your vision and your values and realizing, you know, what it is that you're truly wanting. So we got the three V's today, vision, yes. values, and vetting. <laughs> uh so what would you like to to leave people with today Haley uh what would you like people to really really remember or where do you feel like people really need to hear and 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 you just want to kind of drop that that one final bomb on them yeah so I would love to leave everybody with the takeaway of figuring out what you want in relationships and do not accept less than that and own your worth and and how do you how can people begin that process well if you're in a relationship currently are you happy are you fulfilled do you connect on a deeper level, do you have the same values? Mm -hmm. And if you're not, if you're single, really write down what do you want? Yeah, just be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, I think it's harder to be honest with yourself when you're in a relationship than it is when you're not in a relationship because you don't have, you're not kind of trying to fit those values to match your partner, which I feel like is the attachment bias that we can have. Um, and I've noticed that in the past, you know, when I was, when I was with my, one of my exes, that was exactly what I tried to do. I tried to do that in the relationship. And then it just happened that she had all these values, even though the relationship wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And I did that like a year later when I was single. And it was like completely different, you know, so different. It just goes to show, you know, how distorted we can be when we're, when we're so, so attached. So, I mean, it, it's not impossible to do when you're in a relationship, by the way. It's, it's important to do, but you do have to cultivate that level of detachment in order for it to, to really work out. So... Beautiful words. How can people find you? How can people work with you? Yeah, so I'm currently accepting one-to-one -one clients. You can message me on Instagram at Haley.Helveston, or you can email me at HelvestonHaley at gmail.com. Thanks so Amazing. much for having me. It was such a pleasure talking to you, Haley. And yes, make sure you go give her a follow. I'll post all the links below. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks for taking a moment to be mindful with us. Peace.